Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and discuss Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Welcome back, Chris LaSalle. Uh, thank you, David. How are you doing? All's well. All's well. We are moving on to minute number 80, and we are once again joined by Jonathan Carlyle. Welcome back, Jonathan. Oh, thank you. Hope you have a uh, had a good birthday and everything was well. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And <laughs> I'm moving on to the next minute, so it just keeps getting better. Did you Fantastic. get lots of great presents, Jonathan? <laughs> yes, it was the best birthday ever. <laughs> That's right. Glad to hear it. All right, so we are moving on to minute number 80. And this minute starts with Savick continuing her thought, saying, Clouds are tactical display. And ends with Khan. There she is. Best you want to you, you do the rest of it, don't you? I do. I so do. I remember telling you this when we first came online tonight. I was like, I can't believe that this line, which is my favorite line in the entire movie, is split in two. Split in two. So that means you've got two episodes of the show that we can talk about it. So I know. That's fantastic. Well, at at the the same moment when he says that, and we'll get to it, I guess, but uh, there's also something going on in the background that is also split between this minute and the next minute. So, oh, okay. Yes. So I want to talk about that. That's one of my favorite parts, at least by rewatching this, anyway. <laughs> Sweet. All right, we'll start with the beginning of the minute, I guess. Um, All right. So, so uh, Sav- yeah. So oh, Savic, um, so Savic uh, had said last. Uh, minute you know trouble with the nebula sir is that all the static discharging gas clouds are tactical display visuals won't function and shields will be useless so my note on that is nebulas are badass because <laughs> <laughs> they render these ships like ineffective right yeah they're just now just these big hunks of machinery just floating through space they got nothing so they hit in there they won't be able to Obviously, see them on visual. Yep. They can't check the tactical display, which apparently Khan doesn't know about anyway. <laughs> and, you know, that one hit and you're done. Right. No shields. Now, obviously, when she says that the, the visuals won't function, that just means, like, not 100%, because uh, eventually we do see a little bit of something through there. How does that work? Maybe Scotty's fixing that. Is there in there? Oh, or maybe Savick's exaggerating right now. Ooh, maybe. Or maybe Scotty has one of his engineering cronies outside with the rabbit ear antennas. Is it coming in yet? <laughs> Is it coming in? That's for, a few, that's for a few future minute, but... Maybe Savick thinks that Khan's always listening in, so she's trying a little Kirk thing, and she's trying to, like, you know, say it's worse than it is. Ooh, nice. I like that. You lied. <laughs> um, so... Kirk and Spock, you know, they share a look, right? After she, after she, you know, says all that, they just share that look. And then Spock, you know, just says exactly what Kirk's thinking, right? Sauce yeah. for the goose, Mr. Savick. Um, so like a couple things that I just wanted to comment on. One, just love all of the unspoken things that happen between Spock and Kirk and McCoy. Yes. This is just another great example of it, right? They, they're of one mind sometimes. Um, and that's just another great example of it. Um, but uh, I've always wondered about the phrase sauce for the goose. Um, 
in my head, I've always thought it meant, you know, one thing. Uh, so I actually went and looked it up. And uh, the best I could find is that sauce for the goose is based on the, the other phrase, uh, which is uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Mm. Um, That's what which, I found because I looked it up too. Oh, you did? So were you as puzzled as I? Because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Doesn't That doesn't seem to really apply here in this context, I don't think. Um, but I always interpreted Spock saying sauce for the goose as something like um, um, he's 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 it's a it's a lure a lure for Khan, right? Oh, none of this stuff's going to work, so that's actually going to entice Khan to follow them. And now that I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it uh, only makes real real sense in what he says after that to explain what he's saying, but. Uh... He says the odds will be even. Yeah, and I guess ultimately that's that's what he's talking about, right? Or that's why he says it, right? Because she's like, "What the hell are you talking about, sauce for the goose?" <laughs> that sounds incredibly human. Yeah, yeah. Dave, did you ever wonder about that, or was it just me? No, I I, I like the the phrase, and I and, and I and I totally understand the meaning. All right, whatever. I, I think. So, sorry, I hey, I just it just to me, it's like. You have this delicious goose. What's a little bit of sauce to make it better? See, I always got tripped up on it um, in a completely different way. Because um, I was one of those kids that, you know, I'd count stairs when I walked up them and it would bother me <laughs> if there was an odd number versus an even number. So looking at this this whole thing that he says, he says, if you take the original, like you said, goose and the gander, sauce for the goose, the goose is the female. And then he says, Mr. Savick, which you know, there's reasons for that. But just the fact that she is a woman and he calls her Mr. So there's like this backwards thing. And then after that, he says, mm. the odds will be even. It's like this whole flippity flop thing of. So Up is it, down, left is right. Yeah. Yeah. It always just. It Giant shrimp. Me, struck me weird, especially when he says the odds will be even. Of course, numbers just popped in my head and I was just like, wait, what? It's an oxymoron. I just got that, Dave. I heard you say giant shrimp, and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I was trying to think of the sci-fi reference where there was a giant shrimp. No, we're talking about females and males and odds being even, giant shrimp. Um, I it, The other thing, the other note I had, when before when Spock says the odds will be even, he, he is uh, – He's doing the same thing with Savick that he did with Kirk. He's he's answering her unspoken question. Yeah. Right? She, she just looks at him and he's like, the odds will be even. And it's just a – seems to be a talent he has in this film. Well, yeah. She she claims – you know, she says her, her – makes her comment and then they have the look. And I think Savick is sort of like, what is going – what is that about? You know, she sort of looks down and then, and then immediately looks up to Spock like, yes, explain please. And then I think he, yeah, has to tell her. But this minute is almost entirely, I mean, we got about 10 seconds worth of dialogue at the beginning, and then the next is just all visuals and music. Yeah. Well, let's start with that, with that visual, right? The Enterprise pulling away from Regula. Love it. That's a, that's a great shot, right? It is. Oh, yeah. Regula. There's no whoopee pie there. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say the same thing. That is a... Fully realized planet there. That looks amazing with the Enterprise slowly pulling away from it. Yeah. All right, guys. I have a huge tangent that I never thought of until I was making notes for this minute. And actually, it was this shot here. 
So the enterprise is pulling away from Regula. Regula, according to Spock, is essentially a great rock in space. Yes. Right? Why was Reliant out looking for a dead planet when they're sitting right on top of one the whole time? Well, Have you ever thought of that? <laughs> it I, never I, occurred to me until today. So I did, but here's my reasoning why. So the second part of the the you know the genesis process was underground. My guess mm -hmm. is that they could not introduce another genesis device where one had already been released. So you already have a genesis cave underneath that has its own, you know, sun and power source and you would then be introducing it's no longer a lifeless moon. It's no longer a lump of space. It has you know biology in the middle of it. So by introducing Genesis to that planet, you are basically destroying what's inside. Yeah, I see. <laughs> so Carol Marcus would want to wouldn't want to well, kill it. Th there kill can it no there can't be a microbe, or the show is off. And there are microbes inside the cave. Right. So maybe they should have started somewhere else where it wasn't. Uh, they should have saved this one for stage three or whatever the last stage was. I totally agree with that thought. And I understand where you're coming from, Chris, but logic says that they could not use the device <laughs> here because life already exists. Right. Yeah. I think, I, I think Jonathan's probably right. They needed two planets. They need one to do something underground and they need another one that they can just use, do the whole planet on. Yes. All right. I thought I was on to something. <laughs> no, you guys I, are too I, quick I, with your no, no, I totally agree. I totally, I am 100% on board with you. Um, but I, I, I believe the reason why is because they just couldn't detonate two in the same place. Got it. I just thought of something while looking at this uh, planet shot here. What if the guys doing the tactical display was looking at this shot and they saw where the light's hitting it, you see all the detail, and then on the dark side, you don't really see the detail? Oh. So what if they just modeled the – they weren't really thinking about it. They just modeled the tactical, tactical display after that. Well, that's possible. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Might be right. The dark side. All right. I, I suppose we have to get to it is the montage. Oh, I, I've been waiting for this one. The battle montage of the Enterprise. I called it the March of the Cadets. Hmm. I called it 80s Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> I call it bad. I'm not in love with this scene. Now, I, I said before that I like the uniforms, but I, do, I don't like them in this in this little clip here. They look like they're like one step up from pajamas that my friends had. I'm just wondering <laughs> wh what, what, what are they doing? Where are they going? Like, I know obviously we come later the minute, you know, they're, there's so many things in here that I just don't understand. Where are they going? What are they doing? Why are they pulling those racks up? Aren't the torpedoes things already loaded? Like, isn't this already set up? Why are we setting this up again? We already had a battle. Yep. That was that was my note, too. It was like, yeah, what is why, – why do this at all? Shouldn't torpedoes always be ready to go? Like, they never they never know when they're going to run into trouble. Shouldn't they just want to be able to just fire, right? That, you say yeah. they go into battle, they've got to lift all this stuff up and lower a torpedo down from the ceiling and wait for it to roll in the slow belt into the – like, yeah, it seems totally inefficient. I feel like you have – this and I know I'm fast forwarding past the march of the cadets and the oh, 80s there's more. people. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I know. But you have this inefficient device that is lowering a single torpedo on a track that is moving towards the bay. Yep. Wouldn't you, like you said, wouldn't it be more efficient, at, almost like a, you know, an M60 where the bullets are all in a sort of, you know, bandolier or whatever, where they get fed through? Like, I, that's what I figured they all were like, is a torpedo, like once one launches, another one loads right in. That's awesome. I'm picturing a big giant bandolier now of torpedoes. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing I had other things I wanted to say about this, but now that I'm looking at it, you guys always talk about the foreshadowing in this movie. I bet uh, there's, I bet this whole thing right here entering into oh. the tor- torpedo is all foreshadowing. It's just one single torpedo. Yes, I'm. I'm being a little bit facetious in my <laughs> in my overzealousness of this minute, but. I have to ask the, t- the tactical question. This does not seem like it's a very thought out process. Oh, no. Like from a tactical standpoint. No. Loading one torpedo at a time. They've got to do their whole synchronized swimming routine before the torpedo comes down. And... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You're right. It's like diving into the pool. Except if you look, I, I like this is, like I said, like counting stairs. This guy, the second to the last guy, totally screws up the rhythm. And it he does. Me. But it, you know, I never really thought of it until you said it, but it is because it's like one, two, three, four, five. Ah, we're on the Enterprise. You know, it's like, yep. it's almost like a dance number. Like you just want them to start to break out and dance. Oh my God. That was awesome. That's our new theme song, Dave. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> well, do you want to talk about the March of the Cadets then? Okay. I don't, you know, yeah. Jonathan, you. You said the uniforms didn't were, were the things that were bothering you, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, mine is all the doodads in uh, crap that they're carrying around. The light guns uh, and the backpacks so, and yeah. I see a yellow fire extinguisher. So there's a guy soon. carrying a yellow fire extinguisher. A couple of guys are carrying like these large rods with lights on the end. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe what this was like their their marketing montage where you know like hey kids you can buy pajamas that look like this you can buy these things that look like mini lightsabers except they don't actually do anything except light and you got a toilet seat cover you can wear on your back yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, i i bet i would be bummed if i was one of these actors who like oh i get to be in a star trek movie and they're like here's a stupid <laughs> light stick carry it down this hallway and look serious oh I do like the fireman outfit. Which one's the fireman outfit? I'm assuming it's the guy carrying the fire extinguisher. Oh, see, I thought he was the cleaner because didn't we didn't we see the cleaner in on the outside the Kobayashi Maru test? Wasn't he uh, wearing the same thing on his back? Oh, I, I thought, thought he was, was just a janitor. I thought he was the fire guy. No, he's he's got one of those yellow extinguishers. Yeah, he's fire yeah, guy. All right, you're right. He's got a different uniform on too. Could be fireman. Now, when you're walking uh, down this hallway, and now when you see the the engineering guys with those goofy uniforms, now I think they look cool. <laughs> see, it's all relative. Yeah. Yeah, and then you get to Buzz Berkeley and his choreographed uh, torpedo event, and yeah. Buzz Berkeley? <laughs> you know who Buzz Berkeley is? Come on. No. Everyone knows Buzz Berkeley. Enlighten me, please. Oh, he was a movie director... Uh, did a lot of the musicals of, uh, you know, the 60s and, uh, you know, with the famous, the big, the women in the pool that made the big stars and stuff like that. 
Oh, cool. Okay. So yeah, so that's totally what they're. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't know the name, here. but that's pretty much what I was thinking of. Expect to see. But yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. Yeah. Expect to see. Not it. until that's... you said it, I never would have thought of that. But I'm like, it totally is that sort of thing. Yeah, you kind of expect to see the you know the shiny torpedo with the a lady with a microphone spinning around on top of it as soon as you get to the end there. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Uh, so yeah, so there's <clears throat> more cadet action, right? They keep cutting. Now they're cutting back and forth between the torpedo moving and cadets running down the hall. We, we do cut away to the Enterprise, uh, which is a nice... Uh, oh, wait, before we get there, let us uh, I want to discuss what you guys think they're doing. Like, what do you think the guys with the light guns and the, you know, where are they going? Why are they... Kirk already said battle stations. Yep. They should already be at their battle stations. Where are they going? Well, I, um, I think when it, uh, you know, when they go into code red like that and everything gets red, it gets really dark. So they probably, you know, there's probably some places where they, oh, we need some more. We need those uh, light rods or something. <laughs> it's it's also, Dave, it's also been established that <clears throat> the turbo lifts aren't operative below C deck. So However... To get you see to your two station. guys running out of them. But we don't know what deck that is. That's true. It might be A deck. It might be A deck, yes. Now that I look at the minute, yes, it is A deck. But um, So it probably is just taking people longer to get to their battle stations. Mm, I'll give you that. <laughs> but I still don't know why any of them are carrying the things they're carrying. Like, what, what are they going to do with that thing? One guy looks like he's got a jackhammer type device or a drill. Yeah, I was just looking uh, at that. It's like, wow, he's the way he's holding it. It's like he's that looks like it's going to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have the big long. You know, they two guys come in. You know, they meet in the same the same corridor, and then they switch to that ridiculous red alert thing that doesn't look like it's on a panel. It just looks like it was a graphic that they're like, hey, throw that in somewhere. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Is it ridiculous? Yes. That's one of my favorites. I actually, my note is here is where can I get a sticker of that? Really? To put on my lap. Really? I, want one. I love that red alert. Uh, All right, I like the I'm other hanging, one better. I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, 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 let's play this game. Uh, pick your favorite ensign or your favorite cadet. My favorite cadet is the girl carrying the big long thing that, you can't tell what it is, and then she quickly runs it down the hall. <laughs> That's all of them. <laughs> you mean she's carrying like a box? Carrying like a box, but you can't really tell what it is. Yeah, it looks like it has a symbol on the front, like a snowflake, and then she sort of quickly runs down the hall. Okay, yeah. How about you, Jonathan? Um, I'm scrubbing through and uh, looking at like about a second 45, I think it starts. There's this guy that... Looks like he's starting off at the the little console, but then he turns to the door, and then he just kind of stands there, like he doesn't know how to open the door. Or the, and then another guy comes up to the console, and he's still standing there, like, oh yeah, it's it's all fine, it's cool. Well, you I know think... what that is? That's an airlock. Oh, so what's well, he then doing? he looks. He almost looked like looking at the director, like, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> um, I think mine is the. Uh... Is is the fireman? I think that's he's my number two. Number two is fireman. Number two. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's another guy who looks like he's got a couple of air tanks like strapped to his back, but on his the level of his belt. That's weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't like they're him. all weird. Yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> I'd, don't I'd like say him. my second favorite is the, uh, you know, at the end of their little uh, lifting up the 
the floor tile parade. Um, mm-hmm. Or the guy that just stands there? I'd say that it's the guy that does the last one, because he still does his on time, even though the guy before him screwed it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does screw it up, doesn't he? <sighs> All, All right. right. So, yes, now we get to the Enterprise slowly moving into the nebula. Very slowly moving into the nebula. So, so Dave, my <clears throat> my question there, or my comment, is that the first time that the special effects guys have gotten the engines right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Because remember every other time we're like, they're either at, at warp, but the impulse engines are on, or they're not on impulse, but they're on. It, it was, I think this is this is in the right configuration for what they're doing, right? Yeah. They're moving on impulse. Very slow impulse power. And yeah, and it doesn't. It looks like they're probably at like quarter quarter impulse because they're not fully red. Now, in space, I mean, I, I guess it depends on if they're still escaping the gravity of the the planet, or or how does that work with impulse power like once you start moving why do you have to keep pushing wouldn't you just keep moving at the same speed anyway oh man you're pulling some physics stuff on us right now i mean i'm sure there's some reason for it somebody's probably got to have an answer out there it's a really big ship but you're right there's no drag i don't know (laughs) But I guess there's a there's a nebula pretty close to a planet apparently, so who knows? There could be some, some there could be some pole one way or the other. <laughs> Maybe entering the nebula, you know, there's some resistance there. That could be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, when they enter it, at least we see when later when Reliant enters it, it's it's turbulent, right? There's turbulence when they get there. Yep. And I will note that um, to your point, Jonathan, maybe they were going faster to to escape, like maybe they were at full impulse escaping the atmosphere of Regula, and then they didn't need the speed, so, because if you look at probably about second 51, you can see the impulse engines are just a little brighter, and then they go a little darker, so I'm wondering if they've escaped atmosphere and now are going slower because they don't need to anymore. Oh yeah, there's like that one second where they kind of they're flared they're, up. They're brighter bit. and then they're they're yeah, so that maybe that answers your question. I don't know. So they're coasting now? I think they're coasting now, yeah. Oh. Well, now my head's all <laughs> trying to remember my high school physics. <laughs> all right, so here we are. We we, we, we cut to one of, what, David, this is your favorite part of the movie, you said, this line? All right, we got to save uh, this for next minute. I'm not, doing, <laughs> okay. I'm not splitting it. Not going right, to do but- it. <laughs> But but here's what we can talk about, right? Because you're right, we should save it for for the next minute. But what we can talk about here is look how bored Khan is. Oh yeah, definitely. His whole crew looks bored. Well, his, his crew's been doing that the whole film. They're all just standing around, not doing anything, all staring. Yeah. But no, Khan's like totally slouched in his chair, and he looks. Yeah, you know, I'm like, what's he thinking about? Is he thinking? Is he thinking to himself? Uh, should I have gone down there? Should I have gone down there and killed Kirk with my bare hands? Should I have left him there? You think he's questioning what he actually did? I don't know. I, yeah, he just kind of is like, what are we going to do now? There's no Enterprise. There's no one to kill. Kirk's down on the planet. Because hmm. they're all just sort of like just hanging out. But I want to definitely, when we talk about this next minute, I want to talk about the, the crew as well, the crew of the Reliant and their reactions. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. I'm waiting for. Because they're fun. Because they're fun. They are. They're fun. There she is. 
So, all right, we'll save it. We'll save it for the next minute. So do you have any other notes then, guys? You want to stop here? We can. No, I'm good. I want to stop here. Jonathan, <laughs> did you say you had something, though, you want to talk about? Or are you saving no, it for the next I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, uh, the thing I want to talk about the most is is really split between the two minutes. But, uh, all but right. yeah, well, then a, lot let's, of, uh, let's... a lot of cool space views in these couple minutes. For sure. Uh, all right, then we'll, why don't we wrap it up? Um, and uh, and just, uh, yeah, folks, if you want to find us online uh, while you're waiting, um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, uh, at the Rathicon Minute Listener Federation on Facebook. Uh, you can always drop us an email, an old-fashioned email, at podcast at rathiconminute.com. And uh, we'll be back again on Friday. Uh, Jonathan will be joining us, hopefully. Um, Back on Friday with Minute 81 of Star Trek 2 here at the Wrath of Khan Minute. Khan!